Hello, you're listening to bonus content from Bethel Atlanta. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, please visit BethelAtlanta.com. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Bethel Atlanta podcast. We are here today with Steve Hale and Paul Manwaring, who uh, has really just been part of this house since before this house was a house. And so it's uh, really good to have you here, Paul. Thank you. Good to be here. Always is. Good to have you here, Steve. Great to be here. Fun day today. Awesome. Yeah. So we just wanted to take this time just just to, you know, pretty casually chat and just, you know, Paul's been part of this place forever and really just kind of pull some of um, his heart and just really get the the podcast listeners, the church body at large, just to kind of hear, hear uh, his heart for this place, his heart just in general in a, in a kind of new and different way. And so I'm going to I'm gonna hand it over to Steve here just to kind of start just pull, pulling some stuff out of Paul. Sure, sure. I, I was uh, thinking about you, Paul, and really our, our DNA at Bethel Atlanta started very much with you and that was you were putting on a strategic planning conference and in the second day of that conference I heard a small still voice say go to the school of ministry it didn't make sense my business had just exploded I had a 10th grade son Joshua at home and yet I knew I knew that voice and the next day you had Chris Valton come in and prophesy over all of us and I heard him say, I see you changing houses. And it was the first day in 30 years that I'd considered leaving my house. And that was to go to the school. And so you you were at the DNA of that. And you've been with us. You've been, you're our chairman of our board. And you have um, guided us in a, in, a, in a wonderful way consistently every year. Once or twice a year, we've been connecting in really deep ways. And so thank you. We, we share... Our British, British heritage yeah. and, and so many other things. Uh, one thing I, I'd love you to speak to is that um, you have left a great deal of security twice uh, on behalf really to serve your family, to be closer to family, to help your family. And yet in the same time, you have um, kept ministry and the Lord and the kingdom at the forefront, even through the transitions. And I just think that's worthy of so much honor to be, a, you know, to, to be a prison governor. Uh, that's a warden in our terms, but that's a high position, a, a respected, well position to, to lay that down, to say, I'm, I'm going to move with my family because I think it's best for my family to Reading and then, and then to move back to the UK here just a few years ago. I, maybe you could speak to that. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's any other way of living, uh, to be perfectly honest. So for me, that's not uh, really unusual in a sense. Um, the marriage to me of my, what I believe, um, of my family and of what I do for a career are three uh, interconnected things that will never change. So, it you know, some of the locations change. The career's changed, but my God and my family hasn't changed. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely true of me. Actually, the day I took charge of the first prison that I ran, I stood in front of my staff and I said, number one, I'm going to make a commitment to you. I'll be here for five years, which is unusual. People 
get promoted, move on. I told him I'll be here for five years and there's three things that I will not discuss. They're not, they're not for discussion. My love for my family, my love for the prison service and this career and my love for my God and those three things. So it wasn't new. It wasn't, it wasn't a Bethel thing that I learned. That was me. So yeah, I did go to Bethel for Sue. Um, but, but the obvious fruit is, is what happened to me there and what happened to us there. So, and I think that that's what we're all called to do. We're all called to live by faith. The problem is what we tend to do is we paint a picture of what faith looks like uh, and we usually wrap it around some some crazy giant figure in church life. And actually every one of us, our journey of faith is related to our walk. And what's, you know, what's faith to me might not be faith to someone else, but that's faith to me, that's sacrifice to me. So uh, I think all of us need to find out what what matters to us and what steps we will take in life to protect those things that matter to us. Beautiful. Another area that that I've admired is that, um, you know, evangelism and the gospel seems to have grown in you. That's a term I've coined or enjoyed lately. I, I want the gospel to grow in me. And if it'll grow in me, it'll uh, awaken me to needs around me and people who don't know the Lord and it'll it'll give me a, a soft heart uh, for those things and it'll give me the courage to share. And I've seen that happen in you and where you were known for you know the gift of administration and things, you weren't necessarily and aren't, uh, you know, the, the typical guy on the street that's sharing with every person. And uh, so what happened there? And, uh, and I know... I know Bill was a piece of that, as he said, you know, sending the top 10 evangelists in the Bethel world to, to Reinhardt Bonnke School. So maybe that caught some people by surprise, but he saw something in you and then it's happened. So tell us about that. Yeah, and it's probably one of the craziest journeys of my life. I think I was tricked, you know, <laughs> and uh, I, well, I think it's the way that God sometimes works. He, want, he wanted to move me to do some things that um, he took me on a journey to get me there. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a typical evangelist. My entire life, uh, nobody would probably have ever put me in the same room. And then I got a prophetic word that I would preach in stadiums in 2012. I would raise up young evangelists. And, you know, what, what Bill saw was Bill saw through the prophetic and I think it's that's a gift that, that we all got from Bethel Reading and I think we continue to live out of. And that is, if somebody gives you a prophetic word, uh, the invitation to me is that I now see you through that prophetic word. I th- see you through a new lens. That God said, you are something, you're going somewhere, you'll be something, you'll do something. So now I start to see you through that. So that's what happened. Bill, Bill knew the word coincided with Reinhard Bonnke starting a school of evangelism and Bill sent me to Reinhard Bonnke's school of evangelism. Uh, the least likely person to be in the room. Uh, not false humility, the least likely person to be in the room. And while I was there, I, I heard Reinhard Bonnke preach and I and I sat and cried. And I, I cried because I something happened to me. I fell in love with the gospel that, you know, and... It didn't turn me into a typical evangelist, but it took me on a journey, a journey that found me in Awakening Europe, 
found me in stadiums, found me with new best friends who are evangelists. And some of my closest friends are some of the craziest people in our kingdom sphere. Uh, ben Fitzgerald, John, John Luke Drexel, Matthias van der Steen, Leif Hetland, you know, Robbie Dawkins, they're my friends. How did that happen? So, but the, the interesting thing for me was I'm not on the stage as the gospel preacher. I can do it. I can, I can preach that message. Um, but I'm not there for that. And I found my lane, but what I've done is I've also found my role in that family. And that role is to be a father of these incredible people who preach the gospel, who live to see the lost saved. And, and they've embraced me as a father, and they need, they need a father. Um, so the evangelists amongst us need, they need home, they, because the boy in Luke 15 that's coming home is a returning revivalist. Because mm. he, he, found, he found himself in the gutter, and then he came home and found dad. And dad ran and welcomed him. And every evangelist, every everyone who's come from that broken, dysfunctional way of life, found Jesus, needs home. So I got tricked into being the dad in that world. And, and I, I know no greater privilege than for an evangelist to call me a father in their life. No greater privilege on this earth, honestly. Yeah, you and I share that as you're talking. I have fathers and prophetic, they, they see something in us that we don't see in ourselves and uh judy franklin was prophesying over us when we were in the school of ministry things that we didn't see in ourselves and that those things awakened something or pulled us into destiny and uh, those were a huge part of the bethel atlanta school supernatural ministry and bethel atlanta church happening It, it was through the prophetic and moms and dads seeing something in us and it's a beautiful thing and it gets multiplied and you're multiplying it again so yeah thank you excellent so i know that you got a lot of new stuff going on i know uh one one of those things is you have a new book coming out called things fathers do tell us a little bit about where that book came from uh that book came from july 2014 in brazil when i took my youngest son to brazil to watch england play in the soccer world cup and uh, I was coming home, I was preaching the next morning, and I wrote a list on a plane of things fathers do. And I, I just began to re- realize that the things that we do reveal the Father. And my dad died when I was 15. He was sick from when I was 13. I probably couldn't tell you things he said, but I can tell you the things he did. And they were things that marked me. And he would go to extraordinary lengths to buy the right present for the right person before the internet. He would have things delivered. He would make sure his nephews had the right gift at the right time. He, he taught me how to love my wife because he showed me how he loved his wife. Um, there, there are many things like that. He taught me, he taught me values. Um, he taught me how to behave um, way ago. But I ne- they never left me. And so I, I basically started writing this, this message and it became the book that actually the things you do, and I, I get the human being thing, I understand it, but we do out of our being. But actually the first thing that God did was he did. He created and then he rested 
and he enjoyed the fruit of his labors. So that the, the book is, is practical. It's a practical guide to things fathers do. And, and I've included mothers in there. Mothers reveal the father. We were made in the image. So we reveal the father. And we, we reveal the father in so many beautiful, practical, simple ways. And I just really want to empower fathers and encourage fathers that the things they do, because it's one of the things happens in inner healing us dads can sometimes feel a bit bad because you get that whole thing, you know, that the, the mum's the nurturer and, you know, dad's out at work. Well, you know what dad does? Dad shows the kids the world. He introduces the children to the world and begins to give the children a vision for the whole world. And, you know, you know mums are at home nurturing and doing those sort of things. And I know there's, they do a lot more. I don't want to stereotype. But sometimes us dads can feel, well, I wasn't there. You know, I miss my son's game. I was at work. No, but what we do is we show our, our children the world out there and, and we give them a, a picture of a world that they will go into. So it's that's what it's about. It's released on uh, April the 7th on Amazon and Bethel uh, Reading Store and it will be on Kindle and such like. And uh, it's actually going to be part... I'm beginning a series. I've, I've, I'm halfway through the second book in a series, which is Things People Do because I, I want to encourage people that they're made in the image of God. So uh, and we're, we're sons and daughters who become fathers and mothers who do things that reveal the Father. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. Make sure to pre-order that right away. <laughs> Does it come out in April? April the 7th. Yeah. Okay, great. Wonderful. And another one of your books that just touched so many people, but really that, that idea that healing... Uh, with medicine is in a second class healing you might share share a little bit about that you you've kind of pioneered that and i, I just I, every time i i'm around uh people in the medical profession doctors and nurses they they just sit up in their chair and they're saying yeah, that's right you're, you're a voice for that yeah it, you know i had prostate cancer i was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2008 and i'm in bethel i had uh, i had everyone pray for me i had of course, I had Bill pray for me. I had 600 students pray for me. Uh, I went to the healing rooms. I, I went to the children's church. I went everywhere. I did everything I knew to do. You know, I had Judy Franklin take me on a trip to heaven. I had a sozo. I did everything I knew to do. Uh, I was healed by a surgeon's knife. And, uh, and my statement when I preached kisses from a good God was that surgery is not a second-class healing. And uh, that matters to me. And, you know, I have friends that that do hundreds of operations a year that saves lives every day in their ER world. And they feel second class because they come to church and they hear a testimony of a miracle that might not even have been confirmed and they feel, they feel second class. And so it's my passion to, uh, to really in inspire doctors and healthcare professionals. And the prayer that I, I'll often pray now, which was given to me by Dr. Chauncey Crandall, who, uh, who's part of Reinhard Bonnke's world, um, is a very simple prayer. Give them the best of Jesus and the best of medicine. Mm -hmm. Give them the both. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's uh, that's a huge part of my life. And, I, you know, it's crazy. It's, it also overlaps with he wastes nothing. He gets you ready. The last time I worked as a nurse was October the 31st, 1982. That's a little while ago now. But today I teach medical healing conferences and teach doctors. And sometimes my teaching is accredited uh, as continuous medical credits. So he wastes nothing. It proves it. Because I'm, I'm a rusty nurse. You know, I could save your life. But, you know, I'm a little out of date. But I'm getting to influence a profession that 
that I care about. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun part of my journey. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I know you. Uh, another thing that you've got going on is you, uh, you've uh, kind of cracked everything open with your, with your school. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, what I've done is I've, uh, I've created, I've rebuilt my website and I've created a thing called an all-access pass. And the idea is it's for kind of two groups of people, the individual world changer and for the organisational leader. And uh, built into the organisational leader is a school that I've just, I've just run, which um, is four lots of two days. I've, I've recorded it, put it all online with workbooks. And that's to help church leaders to build what I would call an apostolic family a place where people encounter God, become a part of a family and are trained and equipped to change their world. So that school's on there, but I've also got the individual world changers, which is um, a combination of videos on there. Um, my whole Mastering Kingdom administration course is on there. Uh, and then I'll be doing 18 webinars for individuals and 18 webinars for organizational leaders uh, in the next 12 months. And for individuals, probably the one that, will catch most people's eyes will be whiteboard coaching because I'm going to unpack whiteboard coaching of what I do, why I do it, how I do it, um, with a goal of helping people to do this themselves. And then for organisational leaders, um, the webinar at the end of the year is going to be a, a new thing that I built, which is called Desktop Strategic Planning, which is basically uh, about 15 uh, 3x5 cards, which will also be digital. Uh, and enabling people to put a strategic plan for a team on those cards, to develop it on those cards, and then everyone can carry it with them. And it's this simple strategic planning model that everyone can walk around with and remind themselves. So, yeah, it's it's on paulmanwaring.com. That's my website. And there's, there's three or four ways of accessing it. But the idea is content's not my issue, so I need to find a way of getting it out there. <laughs> I've recorded a thing called uh, Core Curriculum for World Changers, which is basically uh, me drawing my quadrants and explaining the world in change, the church in change, the way we express our beliefs, the people in our world, and really just unpacked that. And uh, So there's a lot of content. It's definitely, uh, it's content rich um, if you go on there, but the idea then is that you find what's for you. So yeah, I'm excited to have launched it. It's just been launched only a month, actually. It's only been out four weeks, so um, I'm just working out what it looks like, how to tell the world. I'm, I'm doing diagram-based teachings of the week that I send out to everyone that subscribes, which is take, just taking one of my little diagrams. I have books full of them. I have journals full of them. So <laughs> I'm just unpacking them and going. Things like believing your story. How, do you, how can I help you believe your story? Mm -hmm. Well, every one of us has experiences, breakthroughs, victories, and promises. And if we, if we start to embrace those, it helps me believe my story. So, yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know you've, uh, in the past three or four years, I think you've done um, <clears throat> some of the whiteboard coaching with our students at the School of Ministry. And it's not only been very transformative and life-changing for the student themselves, but just the other students who are watching this process <laughs> of just discovery and, and really understanding that uh, your whole destiny, everything, God's already placed it in you, you know, and kind yeah. of pulling that out. So I highly recommend that. To well, anyone. that young lady last night was a good example. At the end, she said, you haven't answered the question because I, I always ask, do you have one question you'd most like me to answer? And uh, and I said, well, your question will be answered in your in the journey you now take because it was an internal discovery she needs mm -hmm. and she was relying on an external plan 
instead of an internal. So I love doing it. It, it still amazes me that it works. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but it really works. Yeah. changes people's lives. It's a lot of fun. Wow. Awesome. Well, we're getting close to time. Oh, do you have one more question, Steve? Yeah, just one. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, you travel the world. You're in churches. is a big part of your world and your life and, and know that world and help churches with the organization. But um, just uh, any, you've been a part of this place for... 12, 13 years. So anything that you feel is a part of our distinctive, our, our, where we're going, who, our destiny, and anything that you're sensing having been here this week and, and all these years past? Well, you, you've really clarified recently, I think in the last 12 months more than ever before, these kind of pillars, the kingdom, the revival, the family, and the presence. And I think what, what's beautiful about that is I think we always knew that they were those four. We might not have articulated them, but I can I can trace back to I, I can I can see you standing at the front worshiping. Nothing's changed from school and ministry, almost the same posture to a tent in a field. Mm-hmm. Presence, your family, your family man. I I you know I became a part of your family. You became a part of my family. So absolutely family your kingdom, you're a businessman who's leading a church. It's never been about career ministry. It's always been about about kingdom. And it's it's always been about revival. You heard a cry that, that there's something. So I, so I think those four pillars have always been there and that that links to something else. And that is I personally believe that one of the, uh, the most uh, important characteristics of the apostolic, um, which we're all apostolic. It's not about having an apostle. But the characteristic of the apostolic, one of the keys, is perseverance, is sticking at it, is not quitting, is staying the course. The apostle Paul was that man. He you know, he, he comes to Christ in that incredible moment on the Damascus Road, and he goes through hell more than once. It's listed in the Bible, and yet he never quit. And I think that your pillar, your four pillars... And the character, which in Greek is hupomone, that's what perseverance is, which is the character of a man or woman unswerved from their deliberate purpose in life by even the greatest trials and suffering. That's the perseverance that Paul says produces hope in Romans 5 verses 3 and onwards. And I would say that marks you. Uh, those four pillars and we're not quitting. We're, we're in this. You know, we're, we're in one building, we're in another building, we're in a field, we've got a ten, we got the next. We're not quitting. We are We have four pillars we're going to build. So I, I would say that as I observe you, because I've been with you in some testing times um, and, uh, you know, the odd challenge thrown around here and there. But the truth is kingdom, presence, family, revival never changed and you didn't quit no matter what got thrown at you. Amen. Amen. Uh, I wasn't looking for personal encouragement, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, it was for the whole church. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. For all of you. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Paul, uh, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. I always love being here. It's, oh, just, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's, it's another home. Feels like Christmas every time that you're here. <laughs> and yet again, Steve, thanks for coming and spending this time. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And it's great to have Paul here. And we'll look to see you soon. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Again. That's all right. the plan. Thank, thank you very much to all of our listeners and our BA family. We love you all very much, and we'll catch you guys next time. All right.
Thank you for listening to this bonus content from Bethel Atlanta. To stay connected to Bethel Atlanta, please follow us on social media or visit BethelAtlanta.com.